Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotler. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the uh, um, technical goodies. Radio Hotler. Hot, 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 hot. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. It's working well for me. You know what they say in America? <laughs> we know air. Yeah, oh. And what you about know, that you lunch? Know, you know what they say here? Suck it up, princess. <laughs> oh. What Suck about that princess? lunch? The lunch was good. Do you re- no, do you reckon Mark Taylor was hanging around anywhere? It was Australia's favourite air that wasn't working? <laughs> Absolutely, it was. It definitely it was, wasn't working. It was colder with the... Doors are working well. The, the, doors, the doors are working well. Doors were good. Doors were off. Doors were off. It's okay. Well, be it. Well, for three to one. G'day, viewers, and welcome to Radio Hotline, episode 171, coming to you live at this moment, but not live when you listen to it, from Mount Panorama, the circuit of the Bathurst 12 hour here in Bathurst at Mount Panorama. Where the cars go around. G'day, 12 hours. G'day. G'day viewers, G'day you're listening viewers. to Radio Hot Lap, that <laughs> zany, light-hearted podcast that occasionally takes a look at the world of motor racing, cool emerging technologies, gadgets and barbecues, and uh, and viewers, I tell you, we have a first today because uh, we've actually got a um, uh, an avid listener, a viewer. Viewer. He's a viewer and a listener, uh, has been invited uh, on to, for the first time, we've actually had a, uh, a random come in. But he's not that random because we have to say that uh, this gentleman, uh, and I use that term loosely, has been um, providing uh, the team uh, and, uh, and various drivers and all sorts of people with all the beautiful vinyl stickers, whereas the Rusty Sausage sticker and uh, Hot Lap stickers or the Simonson stickers or the Zakanovic stickers or whatever. And, um, you know, we thought with JP being uh, not allowed out for the weekend um, and getting his diary wrong because he's a Bluetooth bungler, that uh, we would welcome uh, Jezza from uh, Major Media along. G'day, viewers. How's it all going? First time to Bathurst, mate. Fantastic time to Bathurst. First time, yes, fantastic day. Very hot, though. Very hot, I think I'm sunburned. And you're in the shade. It's, yeah, it's VFH. Yeah. yeah, and I'm in the shade and sunburned. But, uh, yeah, bit of colour. Beautiful out here today. Great day. Nice action. Enjoying it. Mate, I notice you you, 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 you do like the Group N and uh, the uh, the Group A and Group C races. And I'm looking over the balcony there today from the, you know, the, our esteemed location. That uh, I, I was... Uh, it took me back. It took me back. It was a bit like watching... Uh, Ratatouille, you know where uh, uh, the the chef, the the critic, ate his linguine, and he went back to a childhood. It was the same with me watching the Group A and Group C race this morning, and there's there they all are. I went bang back to 1983 and 84 when we were here with Phil Alexander and, and Peter McLeod, who's the father of Ryan Ryan McLeod, running Racer Industries with the Group C RX7s. Been the same for you? It was fantastic. I mean, you're not 90 like. Well, me. no, I'm, I'm no, no, I'm not. I'm not even close. But anyway, but 
but no, no, standing out there on the pit wall uh, was was a very exciting experience for me, being able to take some great photos and uh, also some great video that I've put up on my Facebook page today and uh, copped a lot of abuse over it because people are jealous. But, uh, you know, suck it up, Princess, and uh, I'm here and they're not. That's right. I'm trying to share. You're off your Facebook now. I'm trying to share. I'm trying to share. Yeah, trying to share the experience. And uh, it's probably one that very few people get to achieve, you know. Like, no, not many people are able to stand up there on the uh, on the pit wall while the cars are going past, you know, without someone going, hey, what are you doing here? It is a different environment uh, to the 12-hour, and I encourage in any of the viewers or listeners to come along to, to, to try the 12-hour out because it, it, it's, I suppose it's akin to Chardonnay racing as opposed to uh, slabs. I feel like the only bargain the here. The <laughs> I really do. I feel like I'm, I'm the only bargain. I notice you've covered your tats. No, I do have. Uh, yeah, I've worn a T-shirt today. But, but everyone's talked to you. Oh, absolutely. No, mate, they can I don't look that rough. Oh, you know, yeah, well... They've just been kind to me. I'm I reckon they are. They're feeling pity for me. Seriously, though, I mean, it's just it's just not the, the, the rat race that it is when uh, October comes around. And definitely that is an environment you need to come to as well. It, it, it's, it's quite special in its own right. But, I mean, it's relaxed. Certainly it's hot. It's, um, and, and often it's very wet that time of year. Um, obviously, Australia is having a very unusual combination of weather events. But, you know, it's relaxed. And, and we went over to the, uh, the new Citygate Hotel for lunch there and Absolutely. sat there and, um, you know, that was beautiful. A local vino? Yeah, no, we had a couple of local... Uh, no, we had one local vino. <laughs> yeah, see, you don't edit. No. No, it was only one. It was one local. But, uh, no, beautiful lunch over there. Great atmosphere and uh, good service, I have to say. Compared to uh, our last night's service, I suppose, uh, that was a little bit different. Ah, look, there was a bit of fun there in uh, in, in Viewer Town last night, uh, viewers. Uh, the power went off. In fact, it, it went off in a rather unusual way that a huge high-tension cable fell from the pole onto someone's dinner in the back of the rubber-dub-dub where we were staying, the Lord the Lord Dudley, and, um, of course, that, was, that curtailed pretty much all the activities there for the evening, although meals were still served under candlelight. Well, we, we went to bed pretty early, and, and it's very lucky that... Uh, you'd put the air conditioner on early and chuck it on to 17 because it sort of saved our bacon for a couple of hours. I, I went to sleep out like a light before, you know, it, all the, everything sprung on at, at, at 1.01am and I, I didn't hear it. And, and I, I woke up and everything's working, so good on you, mate. Yeah, no, well, I, I got up and went downstairs and uh, asked them what was going on and uh, tried to sneak another beer, but uh, they said, no, we're closed for the night. We closed about three hours ago. <laughs> That'd be right. Oh, yeah, behind my that. back. Well, <laughs> Moving on, moving on to uh, episode one, uh, 171. Okay, so look, the, the big change that's happened this year with the Bathurst 12 hour, and look, apologies that the JP couldn't make it here because it wasn't allowed out, and Foguar uh, couldn't decide whether he's going to Abu Dhabi on his own money or someone else's. Um, uh, you know, obviously, you know, that, that's a problem for him, but he can't make his mind up. But uh, there's lots of interesting people here, and we'll go down, go down after we've done a bit of preamble and, and, uh, and talk to them. But the key difference this year is that they've allowed sports cars in, uh, predominantly which are running to FIA GT3 specification. So um, the uh, Audi Yurst team, Yurst uh, is the uh, a, a contracted factory um, sort of um, management group that run the Audis uh, when they uh, go to Le Mans or uh, some of the major uh, events, not necessarily all of them. And they've brought two G 
GT3 uh, R8 LMSs out here. One uh, under the, the, the German branding um, of uh, the, the Audi Top Service. The other um, representing the Audi dealers of Australia in, in, in Audi colours, uh, Craig Lowndes and Warren Luffer in one of the cars. And uh, I had to tell you, they, uh, they, they think that car is um, absolutely uh, perfect uh, to, to run fast times around here. But uh, it, wasn't a, it, wasn't a, it wasn't the uh, the the event that opened their eyes the most. It was going down to get a drink at the at the at the at the, at the, uh, the, the teams and clubs bar last night because there, there was a girl there that generally encouraged you to want to ask for fifty cougars. Yeah, no more five cougars, but well, she uh, she was a bit better than the five cougars chick. I tell you right now, she was um, she had a lot of work done. That uh, girl had a it will have a tough uh, back at the end of the night. But anyway, those boys uh, handed it. Uh, managed it professionally. Lancey did. He did. Uh, Lancey did. He uh, took with a smile. And, um, you know, he uh, was very happy. There's a couple of noisy cars going past right about now. It's be... Uh Here's the hydric car. Now, it's the improved production car. Now, we had a look at this, and we talked to Marcus Sikanovic a little bit uh, uh, a, few, uh, a few minutes ago and said, mate, what's the difference between improved production and, um, and uh, a Commodore Cup car? I mean, looking in the car, sequential shifter, steering wheel, steer that comes off on the shaft, you know, Motec. Looked very, very trick, didn't it? Absolutely. Um, very professional in the way they're done. Mate, you'll have to speak into the microphone. Right. Is that what you're doing holding that thing on my face for? Right. No, very professional outlook too. That sequential gearbox, quick release steering wheel, Motec dash. Um, very nicely done too. Got some really great photos of that. Even under the dash, it was beautiful. The car was open, nobody around. Open for full seat. Sorry. That's a noisy little uh, peripheral port 13B uh, rotary Group C, you know, car that ran um, around the, the circa 82, 83, 84 uh, time frame. There's a little, a, little uh, R four door RX3, RX3, sorry, RX2. Uh, it's an RX2. It's a big nose RX2. Uh, and in fact, I know because it's a, what they call it the AP RX2. That's a Magna. Why is there a Magna? That's the second one. Anyway. But, uh, nice they couldn't uh, sell them. <laughs> nice LH to run here and a uh, nice Mark II Escort. Keep speaking in the microphone or I'll sack you. Well, keep it in front of my face. Some nice Tyranas here as well. There's even a HP Tyrana. Look at that. And we'll just have a listen. Uh, RX3, yeah. uh, dude. I, I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever owned an RX3. I own RX4s, uh, fives, and twos, and, and R100s. I love them. I love my rotaries. I just, I'm, I'm into rotaries. But so I was into two-stroke dirt bikes when you know the commonality was they didn't have, they had no engine braking, yeah, and, they, and they use oil. <laughs> <laughs> right. So before the uh, before the event goes on, as I was saying, look, uh, the main addition here is that uh, that the GD3 cars have been brought in, which is sort of running under FIA spec. Um, now, that that has caused a bit of an issue, I suppose, for some of the competitors that would have been here before, because you know, I, and and I'm a bit out on the out on you, you know, I'm a, a sports car aficionado. I think that's what you say. Absolutely. But I love them, um, and you know, and I've done a bunch of Le Mans, all that sort of stuff. But but you know. Sort of, it's funny, the event got built up by people who wanted to um, 
run like effectively like what the old pro car GTP sort of stuff was and then you know it sort of gets it gets built up and then it gets invaded by these sports cars and then they take the limelight and you'll notice like some of the key guys like Gary Holt and Paul Morris and Damien White those guys aren't here this year so I suppose that's a bit of a it's a bit of a disappointment because I would have really liked to have seen it it kept like that and perhaps you could have done a two-hour sports car race much like they do in British GT with A and B driver pairing I mean Alan Simonson the smelly person that he is is here you know um, with his, uh, his British GT co-driver of, of you know the last six years Hector Lester Hector actually had left his uh, for Ferrari 430 GT uh, GT3 out here um, uh, at the end of 2007 well sent it out here it was their BGT car of 2007 then they Hector ran it in Clipsolo 8 and then AGP um, then he went back and, and the, the guys had now been running a new car and in scooter airspec so the car stayed here Alan's decided, hey, come on, Hector, let's get out here. And Hector's a great guy, guy and he's going, this is definitely something I need to be doing. But, um, you know, I, I can't help but think that, you know, it is a little bit disappointing that some of the production, you know, GTP-style GTP cars uh, of, of, of late have, have been sort of excluded from it. But anyway, so be it. So Stefan Rattel's had his hand in it. I don't know what's going on there because, you know, Australian GT was sort of being running under, under a, um, a Terry Little and uh, it's all a bit of a mess. So who knows what's happening there. But, um, and, and, you know, and then we've got to think about Craig Denier and, and, and Bill West. They built this event up and, and, and they were, Spherics were running the, the thing and they've obviously been fucked off, you know, and, and, and James O'Brien's decided someone else wants to do it. Who the fucking knows? Anyway, who cares? Um, Interesting. While we're on sports cars, uh, this week there was the unveiling of the uh, the new um, the new um, uh, Peugeot Peugeot the 908X, which actually is uh, going to be basically replacing the 908. Um, they've obviously, you know, they need to they need to uh, put their best foot forwards. You know, they, they've come away with a win win at Le Mans in, in 09 with Brabs in the car, and they also won the International Le Mans uh, Challenge, which uh, was a um, you know a, a effectively a LMP1 challenge uh, across a bunch of continents uh, last year. So the 90X is a successor to the 908, designed to take on the new Audi R18, which has the lid on it this year. Um, we've seen some very strange scenes at Le Mans and uh, the Le Mans series and American Le Mans series races like Sebring and Petit, where they have to get in uh, and, and work on the cars. You, you'll, you'll, all you'll see is the legs in the air of a, of a mechanic while uh, someone else uh, helps the other driver in. A, 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 bit, a bit awkward, but um, apparently the rules are changing and more so in the f towards uh, petrol, uh, petrol cars. But uh, having said that, wait, uh, let's listen to the start of this uh, improved production race. No, it's not. No, it's more. This is the last improved production
You're not going to get a better sound bite than that, I'll tell you, viewers. <laughs> All right, so what's going on? One more thing uh, as we move on to uh, walk around and have a chat with a few people. So we've done that. Uh, Jez is going to disappear for a sec. He's uh, obviously can't, uh, can't hack it. Uh, Brabs had said a little while ago at uh, Autosport that he was probably, well, he was looking for perhaps another drive. He put it out there that he wasn't actually going to be doing the Highcroft uh, program. But um, having said that, uh, Simon Pagano and um, Marina Franchitti uh, have been actually testing the uh, the new car, the new engine. That's all. That's all good. That in, it basically says that. Uh, that actually says that um, like Highcroft is actually going to have a program for the year. So let's see what happens. And I think it's fair for Brabs to put his hand up and say, I want to go and do something else. But um, who knows, viewers, what will happen. We'll talk to Brabs. We might get Brabs a call later and see what's going on, or International Paulie, because I don't think he'd be out of a job doing the Michelin program over there anyway. Paulie, how are you, mate? Good to, good to hear you. Uh, not on the show. <laughs> All right. Simonson. We'll go and talk to him in a minute. He's not feeling well, so he'll be a bit cranky. Just for now, we're... Um, oh, anything else, mate? You, you, come on, you, do this. Come on. It's your moment. It, I know it's early. It's early. Tech time. Early. Early. Tech time. Come on. All right. Diagnostics. Fear vehicle. Diagnostics. Even for my car. Griffin Technologies have released a new OBD Series 2 hardware interface. To no, they haven't. Liz, a, a device that plugs into the OBD2 interface. You can suck a bit of data down and well, learn yeah, about can. stuff. And what are you going to learn about, though? My car's broken. Read on. Yeah, but my car's broken. But that's about all it's going to take. When you read it, it, it you know, it, uh, it, it is what mechanics use to diagnose your cars. There's a, there's a lots of data that's coming down off those uh, engine management systems that we don't know about. Uh, some people want to look at these things. Oh, oh now, hang on. No, there's, there's, there's been a drama. Uh, the safety car is ready to pick up the field, and there's a safety car. That means that uh, there was a uh, lobster crossing the road, because kangaroos only do it in the October timeframe. Um, because there were so lots of lobster. There was mornays in town last night. Mornays. Everywhere. Everyone's doing a mornay. Everyone's doing a mornay. So what it allows you to do anyway is diagnostics for your car. Okay, you can do it via Bluetooth, your phone, your iPhone, Android. Oh, wait a minute, no Android. Okay, so and uh, let you do instantaneous trip data and long distance trip data, fuel economy, etc., etc. Look, it'd be great, but it's something that uh, this could be the worst show in the hilarious oh, of the series of the the, 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 the Oh, that's like a in the history of the world like of shows. Lensism. Not yet. No. <laughs> Maybe we should go and talk to people. That's probably better. Look, okay, basically, viewers, look, it's a wireless car computer uh, monitor that uh, if you've got a car over 1996, you'll be able to use this. And it just sucks some data out of the engine management system and then spits it onto your iPhone. Okay, who's, who's leading the field here? Oh, the data! Oh!
doesn't make any sense to me, son, that the... Uh, that the Dado would be leading, so there's... Uh, I think he's probably... They're going to pick him up as not the leader. Farewell, Mr Lawrence. <laughs> Broken. Behind the scenes, there are many people that are working very hard, getting paid very little, carrying large objects up the hill in the sunshine. We don't pay much. We really don't give a fuck about them at all. But occasionally we'll give a little bit of love. And here's a man who's got his feet wet recently in Queensland. No one likes to know that he's the number two in V8 supercars number on his back. It's 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 Dirk Diggler. G'day. Mate, um, what, what's a what's a day life? What's a day like in the you know in, in motorsport carrying these things around the hill and I mean there's a lot of weight isn't it? And I don't want any sensible answers. No no sensible answers? No. Mate, well it's really hard being in the shadow of the number one shooter for a start. I mean just the added weight of the shadow is just amazing. <laughs> he shaved just, and he shaved. <laughs> He's on next. <laughs> Could you believe it? Alright? <laughs> Abdullah I'll be been fucked. Why would he do it this way? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to be mistaken for an Arab when he goes to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. Is he looking for a new wife? <laughs> yeah, she drowned herself in the pool today, apparently. Yeah. Oh. It's very hot in Brisbane, by all counts. Mate, it's very hot everywhere, and it's been a very weird uh, year on, it's the, very hot. on yes. the weather. But, but seriously, though, just just for a moment, because you know, yeah. radio hot, we're not serious, okay. nor do we yeah. edit. But how much does this shit weigh? Like, what are you running? A, a, a Canon EOS oh, one yeah. D Mark III? Yeah, I've got a Mark III and two Mark IVs, and then I've got a four hundred mil lens. And so I'm carrying mm, anywhere fifteen to twenty kilos worth of camera gear. Mm. Why so many cameras? Uh, Different lenses on the different cameras means you don't have to change them around too much. Um, I can see Hawley yes. over there. Like yeah. The snide remark. So, Jibjab.com. See, Hall can't actually carry more than one camera because he's only got one operating hand, really. Hawley, come over. <laughs> Hawley, Hawley. Come over here. And here comes the shameless face. Here comes number one. Look, number one, I, I can see I arrived yesterday and you've come before me shaven. I know, I know. It was because you were complaining about the rash on your inner thigh. <laughs> but I would have thought you would have been going undercover to Abu Dhabi next week. No, I've got to get back into the country. That's the big thing. <laughs> I'm trying hard to stop him from coming back, mind you. But... What do you do with the jibjab.com? <laughs> I like that, Holly. Yeah. Oh, dear. What, what do I do with he, someone he's like... He's managed to get his way into daily sports car, and he's weasels. Yeah, he weasels into everything. Oh, Mate, he's that worm broom on his, on his face. <laughs> But, you know, Dirk, you're carrying all this weight around, yes. but, but I understand, prior to being a, 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 a mega luminary um, uh, undercover in, in car racing, you were actually in the forces. Yeah, I learned how to kill people, yeah. Uh, but also, were you a tough sergeant that made people carry rocks and no, sacks just, of rocks? No, I was just a pleb walking in everyone's shadows, as per normal. I don't believe no, I was, that. I drove APCs, mate. Yeah. What is it? Uh, Armoured personnel carriers, you know. Oh. So I had the Bennell box around me protecting me, so it was all good. <laughs> it's a bit better than a cricketer's box. You've been shooting motorsport for years yeah. and years, but you go around doing the same track, so I suppose the questions yes. people ask is, like, what 
if it's the same tracks, what's new? Well, what, how do you how do you look at it and try to create a different perspective? Because I know your yeah, photography just, is different from others. Just try and you know you do the same corners. You still got to do stock shots, but you just you, you think about what you did last year and you think, well, how can I do that differently? Where can I go just to make it look a little bit different? Shoot it shoot it wider, shoot it tighter, whatever you know. Um, too many guys will go to the same corner the same time of day, day in day out, every year. Um, I've been to parts of the track here that I haven't been to for five years today. I suppose you, you've got an affinity with nature and you like to do nature oh, yeah. shots, so obviously yeah. you're seeing things change. Yeah. All the rain, I mean, like it's been it's been terrible stuff what's going on in Queensland, but no doubt, six months down the track, it's going to be a beautiful paradise to photograph. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, the bird life already um, from, from all the rain last year has just increased out of sight. It's just amazing. And, and it's green. Lakeside. I saw some TV the other day. Lakeside. Eastern Creek. It yeah. actually looked nice. It did. Isn't that astonishing? I don't know. Who would have thought, thought Eastern I, Creek I thought would look nice? Just bumped the chroma. <laughs> <laughs> it seriously was the, it was the production <laughs> race in yeah. December. And um, when we were here for the Bathurst 1000 last year, uh, for the first time in about five years, it was actually green grass around the track. It was astonishing. Every other year um, for the last five, six years, it's been brown heads. Yeah. Alright, you're doing something. Captain Photographer, are we? I am today. Cruise around, good man. And this weekend. Excellent. Gets a good shot. Very good shot. <laughs> Beautiful. St. Aries, the last time we chatted was at a bar at Mount Bueller's Day Off. Mate, um, you've, you've done a lot since. You've done a bit of tarmac stuff. What's going on? I know. We've uh, normally been playing around on the gravel for most of my career, and then ever since Subaru Australia pulled out of the, uh, the Australian Championship, I did two years running with a bit of dealer support in the ARC, and then uh, mainly overseas. I think my last couple of years' worth of gravel was... Uh, was overseas, but yeah, we've had some great opportunities driving on the the tarmac with Subaru in various formats, and uh, yeah, still plugging around and now at the circuit race. Mate, what's the chance of you getting on MasterChef? <laughs> if you've seen me cook, none. I don't, it's oh, probably one of the few yeah, but shows. Like, I mean, but yeah, look at that. Oh, what do you think of those HQs? You're gonna have a bit of fun. Oh, look at the end oh, of the day. Those guys can't do a single lap without getting into trouble. I think that I've said to our guys at the start of the weekend, we take it serious, we do the very best we can, but at the end of the day it's all about fun as well. And it looks like a couple of guys on the screen are having a bit of fun. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately, Mount Bull is no more. Uh, and, uh, you know, the guys down there at uh, Pete, uh, Pete Washington and Tim uh, McNeely, looks like they managed to get... Um, Mount Borbor up. Are you going to have a go? Oh, look, possibly not. They uh, they obviously do their best to put on a great show uh, for us with our sponsorship and what we've been trying to do with some of our customers that are doing the Targa events with us is obviously there's now been formulated uh, Targa championships. I suppose we we generally concentrate on those uh, two or three rounds uh, that make up a championship, and also obviously uh, our team's fairly heavily involved with particularly customer cars to something like Targa West. So it's great to go up and do those one-off events, but to be honest. Uh, uh, you know, the Subarus are a bit underpowered anyway, so uh, you know, normally a, a hill climb of, of such, you know, doing eight runs up and down the same road uh, probably doesn't help us too much. So these days, are you actually uh, an ambassador for Subaru or are you a free agent? No, no, we, I still contract to Subaru Australia. Myself and Cody still, ironically, uh, contract to Subaru Australia. So despite since then uh, not doing any direct motorsport, I think the last direct bit of motorsport we did for Subaru Australia was the Bathurst 12 and 07. So for the last sort of uh, probably four years, uh, you know, I've gone off and run three years in China, run with Cusco out of Japan, yes. uh, done a few things, all the tarmac stuff, all behind the wheel of Subaru. So no, no, it's still uh, an ambassador-type role for them, do a lot of PR and training stuff and uh, sales stuff with those guys. So uh, you know, hence why we're here at Bathurst in a Subaru.
true. And what was it like uh, from a safety perspective in China? I <laughs> know, <laughs> oh, there's the answer. Yeah, the laugh. You know, the funny story is that you see some of those, and I've got some great stories from China, so I won't bore you with at the moment, but uh, when they turn to you and say, ah, oh, Deng San, when we, uh, a bit of Japanese in our team as well, you can tell, uh, we have a saying in China that uh, safety first. <laughs> I just about choked on my lunch, I think, when they told me that. So uh, they obviously take their safety a bit different to us. But saying that, a very professional outfit. And when I uh, when we ran in China, you know, the, the top five teams were fielded by international drivers of the calibre of, uh, you know, you've got David Higgins over there. We well, hope both Higgins brothers have been over there. Uh, Ketama, uh, you know, you'll see Valamaki, all these guys from Finland. So it's actually become a very extremely competitive championship. So it was, it was good to be up there and driving for three odd years that we did up there. The, uh, the, you know, the Subaru, it, it's uh, a lot of evolution over the last a, a bunch of years, even from a, you know, a, a customer perspective. Last time I bought one was the, the two-door MI99, when they were brand new. Hadn't bought a new car up until a couple of months ago, and I bought one of those new green RS Focus. Okay. And uh, interesting, you know, the same price, $60,000, but 11 years down the track, you, you get a lot of cars. Have you had to drive one of those? I mean, you're allowed to say that. <laughs> Mate, yeah, I know you want to drive one. Uh, I haven't driven one. Um, would, you, would, you, would you believe I've never really driven an Evo. I think when I tested for Rally Art many years ago, uh, that's about the last time I've driven an Evo. So people tell me all these great stories and GDRs and stuff, I've never driven one. I just race, race against them, which becomes hard work. But as, as you said, you look at that 99, which is a classic Subaru still, you know, the two-door, uh, that shape is, is such a classic and still a bit of a sought-after vehicle, particularly the unmodified versions, uh, to still have a car with all the technologies involved and the, the gearboxes and the diffs that come in the cars, you know, the new SDI out now for, you know, like you said, $60,000. You get a lot of value for money. Uh, yeah, in those you cars, do. So. yeah, you do. I, and I remember, what, like, when I got that car driving driving down the road, it was like everyone's going, "That's the car on PlayStation," yeah. you know. And, and all, I'm having the same experience with the RS. Yeah, and it's just got to go. Oh, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. Yeah, it's all pretty funny. So I parked it in the Ford dealer in town, and actually, we must say uh, thanks to Clancy Ford here in uh, in Bathurst for um, uh, happily putting it in the in the showroom. Oh, and yes. set, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, well, we stayed around the corner at uh, at the Dudley Irish Hotel. Uh, not that. A single drink was had because the, the, the power lines fell down and everything was over pretty early. All right, mate, have a great weekend. Thank you so much. And I'll, I'll come down and annoy you a bit more and uh, we'll see you when you're a bit sweaty. <laughs> see you, mate. Ciao. Dean Erich, you know, but you know, sort of a, a factory sort, of, not a factory driver, but you know, paid to, to stick with the brand. You know, can't yes, sort of deviate, can't, can't deviate. You know, can't be a real person. Can't be. That's all right. I mean, like, but viewers, we're just telling you. See, you'll notice there, they're, no, they're, they're, the, they're the, the people that, that can't really speak their mind. He's all right, we, we, but we understand that. You know. Uh, anyway, let's go and have a hunt and see who else we can find. Donuts. <laughs> I'm going to get three minutes of Jeff Emery's time here because apparently that's the lap time that the HQs go around. But there could be a, uh, there could be a haircut or a trouble up the top, mate. Yeah, there could be, but it's uh, just over three minutes for those guys, and unless they crack or something. Mate, rewinding just before we talk about uh, you here at the uh, the 12 hour um, in the Mosler with uh, with uh, uh, Max Twig and, and Dean Grant, um, an impressive piece of kit. We'll talk about that visually uh, anyway from what we're seeing here. Mate, uh, going back last year. Like, I 
I sort of didn't get much chance to, to really speak to you um, when you were doing the Enduros with, with Marcus in the um, in the Greg Murphy cars. Um, uh, both of you, you know, were really you were the, the, the two rookies together going there. What Marcus said to me was, geez, there's a hell of a lot more downforce at the front with the VE. Oh, definitely the car handles a lot better, you know. It's, it's just a lot more stable, you know, in, in the high-speed stuff, and the V is definitely a vast improvement on the VZ. Obviously, the VZ looks a little bit slipperier down the, the long straights, but the overall, the V is definitely a lot quicker, and Marcus and I got a handle on it fairly quickly, and I think we, we were a pretty good package at the end of the day. Look, it, either way, however you look at it, you know, you come to this event and you finish it as a, as a pair of rookies, I mean, that's an achievement in itself. Yeah, look, I don't think there's too many guys as rookies have finished a thing, to be honest. So, yeah, I guess, you know, we can take a, take a leaf out of our book and, or, you know, whatever, and just, yeah, I think we did a really good job. Look, you both come out of uh, Commodore Cup racing, but you sort of always keep going back to it. Is it one of those formulas that you just go, look, it's just it's just fun to drive these things? Oh, look, they're just great, you know, good, fun cars, and, and, and it's cheap motorsport to us, and, you know, it, it's back to the back to the grassroots, I guess, and, it, you know, it's at the end of the day, you can have a beer and laugh about what's happened. It's, it's not so serious as what Fujitsu is, I guess, and that's why I like it. Look, I just had a look at one of the, uh, the well, it's almost a supercar, isn't it? The improved production, one of the, the Heinrich's car. I mean, the, the steering wheel comes off, it's got the dash, it's got the sequential shift. I mean, what? how much more tech have we got between that, Commodore Cup, and, and that kind of car? Oh, look, you, you know, your basic Commodore Cup car, you can, you know, you build it for 30 grand, you know, you can obviously up to, up to 60 grand if you want to. It's up to you how far you want to go with it, but it doesn't seem to affect the speed too much, you know. They're all, they're all fairly close, which is, which is what's so good about Commodore Cup racing. Yeah, but the improved production seems like, wow, that's another level again. You're spending oh, 150k. Yeah, well, if you're going to compare it to those guys, you just can't compare it. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And then they're up, they're updating every two or three years as well, which sort of knocks them around. Where do you go with it? And then at the end of the day, yeah, that's right. You've, you've got a you've got a hundred and fifty thousand dollar car that's probably worth you know twenty or thirty, I guess. So now you're in GT racing. Is this your first uh, first experience? In GTs, yeah. I mean, it's it's a good car. I mean, it's fast. It um, does everything right. I've I've never driven a car with so much aero and so much grip. You know, so it's taken me a little while to get the hang of that. But um, yeah, look, I've done about twelve laps so far this weekend and uh, I'm, I'm at full pace. So I'm looking forward to getting a few hours under my belt and really getting a handle on what an aero car can do. So when you get a lot of aero, does that really require you then to get a lot of confidence within yourself? Because you're sort of you're telling yourself, hang on, everything I know till now would say we're going to get pushed or the back's going to move. But it's just the faster you go, the better it gets. Absolutely. I mean, I sort of had a bit of a wander up and down the straights when I first jumped in the car. I really struggled because I wasn't driving through the aero barrier and. Um, with a supercar, the supercar just waddles around and it doesn't really do a hell of a lot, whereas this thing really sucks to the ground and, and you can feel the aero kick in at sort of 200 k's right, right through to sort of 270, 280 top speed, so it's it's very different to drive a car that actually sucks down and you don't have to, you know, run your foot on the brake all the way to the apex in this car because it's actually got a lot of aero and it sucks the front down, so it can, it, it, in all in all, it's a lot easier to drive I guess. So tell us a little bit about the car we first saw it in uh, in, in, in Australia um, from uh, at the Bathurst 12, 24 hour in 2003, Martin Short drove it, uh, MT, MT900R Mosler um, with X Markets branding. Tell us a little bit about it as we walk around. Oh, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know a lot about the car, to be honest. All it's I know, lots of carbon. It's, it's carbon everywhere. I mean, it, it's, it's quite an expensive car. Obviously, it's a double wishbone front, double wishbone rear, you know, fully adjustable shocks. I mean, it's very similar to um, the platform that a supercar sits on, you know, with, with a space frame chassis. So, you know, and then you've got like a seven-litre engine, so you've got plenty of torque, and it's a rear mount. So, you know, it's a 
sequential with the paddles on the steering wheel, it, it's actually quite easy to drive, which, which makes it, you know, it's a lot of fun to drive. Braking points compared to the supercars, what's it like? Yeah, very similar because we're actually running uh, supercar calipers and uh, supercar brakes, actually the same as the control pad that they run, we run in our, our Fujitsu cars, so it's very similar sort of brake pedal to me, so yeah, the car, the car braking points pretty much, you know, within five or ten metres of what we do on the supercar. Mate, uh, if, if you have a great day tomorrow, how do you think you'll go on MasterChef? On MasterChef, I doubt it. I'm not a very good cook, mate. <laughs> Come on, you've got to give it a go. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Australia's top model started nowhere. Yeah, well, that's right. No, I'm not cooking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good luck tomorrow, Jeff. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Thanks, mate. Thanks dude. So viewers, like uh, here we are. We've been bailed up. We've been bailed up on management. And now come on, no, mate. But we are the media. But we are media, and you can't throw us out, mate. Well, don't don't jerk off with us. What is the matter with these people? Amazing. They think they're fucking wankers, don't they? See, you always get a power monkey somewhere, don't you? Always. Just goes. Oh, get close. In a, suit, in a suitable attire if you want to turn up on my pit lane. For what? Well, who the fuck is he? So, I wonder what their problem is. Jesse, you know, what's their problem? What do you think? Is it, is it you give people a little bit of power and they carry on like a chook? Like Bogan. Is that the problem? Do I look? You don't have your hat. No, I don't have a hat today. So, I can't be a Bogan today. I don't have a hat. You've got a hat. You must look like the Bogan. Not me. <laughs> then I venture to come down here. Come on, come down here and have a chat. If you think we're fucking not media. Look at him. Yeah. Can, uh, hope you're nice and warm out there in your black shirts. Listen to it, you yeah. fucking worried, dickheads. Yeah, dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, how long is it before it's the media booze up at the Audi 10? Uh, Ten minutes. It's five I think it's, I read five o'clock. I think it was five o'clock, so five o'clock till three days. <laughs> Come on, we're not on that, mate. It's, it's, it'll be, it'll be um, uh, bratwurst sausages. something? Sorry? Have you guys got a problem about something? Only if you speak to Aiders and that's... We're not. We're no, media no, and we do a radio show. show. That's all right. So, but the guy's up there, he's going, he didn't seem to believe us. No, we're not we're, I'm a V8 supercar accredited media. No, I know, but he was going, oh, you don't look like you're dressed suitably for it. I go, what does that mean? I'm a creative. We do humour in motorsport. Yeah, that's good. Do something, yeah. No, that's fine. I don't know. Fantastic. Wait, what do you think of uh, the event so far? How's everyone behaving other than us? Us as a new. See, he's alright, he's normal. Part of it, the, the event, this, this event is just a lot of, a lot, of uh, uh, a lot less pressure, a lot less um, you know, ego. Uh, teams are great to work with. But the, the big part this big part about the meeting is that it gives opportunity for a whole lot of race drivers to get a chance to race at the mountain. 
which you don't, which you know, you, you come to the V8s at the 1000, the traditional, you know, that, that's the, that's the race meeting here. Um, but it's only for, it's only really an elite group, you know, even the support categories. You get to this meeting and you've got every chance of getting having a race, you know, because of the range of categories there are. Ivan, what do you do here? What's your role on the mountains this weekend? I'm the chief pit marshal. All right, well, we'll be nice to you. I'm going to... Maybe I won't wear green shoes tomorrow. <laughs> no, you can have red, 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 green if you like. Oh, there you go. Well, at least you'll know how to recognise me. Actually, tomorrow that will be an issue because uh, every with the uh, any any of these sessions, you need to be uh, fully attired, you know, full, full length attire. Full length pants. Full length I hate to tell you I've done five of them on 24 hours and I'm Alan Simonson's PR manager, so <laughs> actually I, I do know a little bit about this and I, will, yeah, I, won't, know, I won't be out here. I won't be out here if I, unless I have to. I'll be sitting in a bar watching it on TV with a deer in my hand. Oh, if you like, yeah. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your hard you work. Too. Cheers. Cheers. appreciate it. See? Uh, when people actually talk to people, they work out who people really are. That's right, you know. Don't make an assumption. I'm getting that bogan thing again. You know? <laughs> I'm sure they're just targeting me because I look like a bogan. Oh, yeah, 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 you look like a tattoo. Oh, yes, I do. Look, 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 look. Oh, no. Let's uh, shut down for now and uh, maybe we'll go up where the uh, the lullabies are playing on the grand piano, German style. Ah, Pork River, I'm not going Okay, so we're at the Audi driver pre-race story. Something to tell. Okay, so gentlemen, uh, now pretty hot and reasonably hot this morning, but the faster times were set this morning, yes? Uh, tell us a little bit, well, we'll start from right to left, so. Puppy, what, what, uh, what was the key feature in terms of getting quick out there? Look, the, the car was really good uh, right from first practice yesterday, and uh, we just kept tuning it and making it better and better, and obviously the track conditions were, were much more favourable this morning, so it was always going to be a, a good possibility to set a good time. So with a new set of uh, tyres on there, we were able to go out there and push quite hard. Unfortunately, on actually my quickest lap, I did actually get some traffic still coming down the mountain, so we could have gone much quicker again, but it was still uh, obviously good enough, and obviously it's great to be here with Audi and to be on pole position for tomorrow, and not only on pole, but obviously the team car being second as well. Now, you, you mentioned the traffic, uh, and traffic obviously is an issue when you've got, we heard yesterday you guys were talking about the closing speeds between the different types of cars. Oh, if you wouldn't mind turning off your phone, no, 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 right here. Arranging a social arrangement for later tonight, that's okay. Um, <laughs> he learned that on Twitter. <laughs> now, um, so the closing speed, and you arrive at the corner wanting to get through at a pace, and that's causing a bit of an issue? Yeah, it is, but that's obviously going to be part of the race tomorrow, and that's something that we obviously just have to deal with, and it's something we have to manage. It's, uh, it's important that we try and use the traffic to our advantage and not lose too much time getting sort of held up by the slower cars. But, um, look, they're out there doing their own race, and they're sort of pushing on hard for, for what their cars are capable of. So we just have to try and sort of position ourselves so we don't make any mistakes or, or have them sort of cut across us, because for some of these cars, they don't... They don't realise our, our approach speed, so it's uh, it's very important that we try and uh, and make smart decisions out there and, and not put ourselves in a position which could potentially mm -hmm. hurt our hurt our race. Great, Craig. Um, you've won. Excuse me. You've won five times here in in V8s. Uh, we talked a little bit yesterday about the difference of the cars. 
is there a significant difference in a 12-hour race and a 1,000-kilometer race? race? I imagine there is, but what are the key ones? Uh, well, really, the 1,000k um, race we do is about six and a half hours, yeah. so there's um, twice the distance, basically. We're trying to figure out what we would do in kilometre-wise uh, over the course of tomorrow, which is probably uh, you know, uh, over 1,500 kilometres or more, but um, really it's, it's going to be a case of uh, very similar attitude going into the start of the race. Look after the car, look after the tyres, um, get the fuel consumption right, and basically, you know, the, um, our... Uh, our boss and, uh, and, and my other my other team uh, basically always used to tell me that uh, you know you can never win um, the, the race at the start you can always lose it so you know we just got to look after the car and uh, basically get put ourselves in the right position towards the end and as uh, Lucky said is you know the, the closing speed of the cars especially across the top of the mountain yeah. um, the Audi is so good it's uh, you know it's incredibly uh, important to position the car right and to, you know to look after the car and not get sort of I suppose sucked into some of the, the back markets because it's uh, quite easily um, you know, you catch them, but uh, you know, you got to pinpoint and, and figure out where you want to pass them. Um, so really, for us, it's, it's just really important to get a uh, way to a good, clean start. Look after the car, as I said. Uh, the three of us are pretty happy and pretty uh, comfortable in the car. The car is, as I said, quite easy to drive, and uh, you know, that's a great thing over the 12 hours. What we need to do tomorrow, and that's, um, you know, we'll see what the weather brings. It's, uh, today has been extremely hot. We uh, both, uh, Moira and I, didn't actually compete in the second practice session or qualifying session. Sorry, because. We thought, and it, it turned out to be the case, that uh, with, with the high uh, track temperature, that uh, you know, the times weren't going to improve. And uh, you know, really, for us, um, it was more important to get marks and laps, as well as the same time as look after the car in the, in the sense of kilometres. We've got seven set of tyres that we obviously got to use now from uh, well, from today onwards, and uh, also look after those and make sure they're in good nick for tomorrow's race, because we're going to be very important to uh, to do the twelve uh, the twelve pit stops that we have to uh, compulsory do. You mentioned that uh, it's been very hot, obviously, uh, and uh, you're doing a lot of kilometres out there. Uh, I heard you talking about the physical effort of driving the A's. Um, is it just as much of a physical challenge out there driving this car? I mean, is that different to drive? Obviously, it probably is, but tell us a little bit about the difference. Well, the main difference really is that is the Audi is a little bit slower. It's about 25 kilometres slower down Conrod than the V8, but it's much nicer to drive across the top of the mountain. The aerodynamics of it, uh, you know, really it hugs the road, but well up into the uh, into the cutting, the double left-handers. It's uh, you know, carries so much more speed through there than what you can in the V8 Supercar. So. Uh, for me, it's just getting my head around, uh, you know, just you know, having that mentality of an open wheel sense instead of a, uh, a touring car, and uh, you know, basically be quite nice and smooth on, on the transition between brake and throttle. Uh, tomorrow will be, uh, you know, pretty important. The brakes are going to be another issue as well. It's uh, it's something that we'll keep an eye on, and uh, you know, the team have done a great job. They've uh, measured everything. They've uh, pretty well equipped with what we need to do if we need to do it, and uh, you know, really. Uh, Basically, that you know, as I said, across the top of the mountain is is the strength of the Audi. You know, it's better than the Porsche. Yeah. Um, so really, we've just got to try and uh, get away to a clean start. Both cars are on one two, and uh, you know, we, we don't need to fight. We just need to get away and uh, and see what we can do. See what the lap times are going to be like as a race pace. We know obviously qualifying, uh, which has now been done and dusted. We just now got to go into uh, into race mode now and, uh, and right. figure out and not worry about qualifying. Okay. Now, Mark. Um Coming over to the third member of the All-Australian Green and Gold team, um, you're the only Australian who actually owns uh, an Audi R8 LMS, uh, and you've been campaigning it in Australia now for uh, a season a bit. Last year. Last year, last year. And uh, the car that you're driving now with the guys, is it significantly different from your car? Which is also here, by the way, this weekend, but you're not racing it this week. Yeah, no, it's not a lot different. Uh, a few little things, the brakes, um, 
and there's some new updates on this car that uh, are not on mine, but essentially it's the, the same car. I'm allowed to carry a little bit less weight in the Australian GT Championship. So, um, you know, this car's a little bit heavier, so, you know, in some respects, my car might pull up the hill a little bit better than what we've got, but uh, overall, this is a very similar car. Have you driven the circuit before? Yeah, we did a uh, race here last year, but uh, unfortunately it was cut to, I think we did eight or nine laps for, for the weekend, through uh, crashes and rain and stuff like that, so. Yeah, That's a learning experience as well. Yeah, look, I'm uh, a little bit older than these two younger blokes next to me, so, uh, and I think these guys might do a little bit more driving than uh, what I do, which in this week, thank God for that. I think when you get 50, uh, you've got to have something that uh, you can put, uh, and that's, uh, you know, a little bit of driving, maybe. Okay, now, the guys um, picked up a, a check for, for scoring pole position, but um, they have uh, kindly agreed to donate that to... Uh, no, well, yeah, we'll use that one as well. The guys picked up a check for um, uh, uh, the pole position, which is the uh, comically large check right here, and uh, they have kindly agreed to donate that uh, to the Queensland Premier's uh, Disaster Relief Appeal, but Uwe Hagen, the Managing Director of uh, Audi Australia, has a couple of words to add to that, so Uwe, if you can come up, thanks. Thanks, John. First of all, I'd like to congratulate both teams. Uh, I think there, as the first row only has two places and we only have two cars, so there was no possibility to do a better result than this. So, uh, and I'd like to thank you, uh, I'd like to say thank you to the team, for this generosity, uh, also the team Joe's. Um, and we thought, as we have two cars now in the first row, we do another rewarding for the second car, $5,000, uh, and we give $10,000 to the flooding fund uh, to do something, in our way, uh, sharing our success in this country uh, with people who deserve it. Uh, and I think uh, it's a great gesture of this team. We're all looking forward to tomorrow, and hopefully we end as we start, or maybe we change these two things, we are happy with this, uh, but all the other possibilities, uh, we don't think on those uh, ideas. Uh, so, thank you very much for this great day. And, do we have any questions from the floor? Speak now, for the hold your peace. Photos, and that's about it. Thank you, folks. <laughs> if you need press releases, come and see us. Thank you. That was, was a very generous offer and I think a lot of Australians really uh, understand what you're trying to do there and thanks very much. No, as I said, um, we, we really think uh, all those competitions get a lot of spectators uh, and we were quite happy with the result and it was an idea coming from the drivers uh, and this is amazing because half of them are not from Australia uh, and they said look uh, 
we like to donate something and then we said okay if you do this we match it uh, and, uh, and then it's a good sign uh, how we can with a little little sign contribute to something which we think is a really really horrible situation uh, uh, it, it is and I, I know there are a couple of the, the key media guys here are the very connected with their supercars they come from Brisbane yeah. one of them got their feet wet the other just survived a foot from it but uh, I know that, that that'll go a long way uh, and it's only also, to getting them to decide to buy an Audi not a BMW next time no that's not the idea no I know that I know uh, but I know I, I know I know he's yeah. either way it's, we, it's, that's our first time now being in Australia uh, in this race and, uh, and we are happy to be here and it, it took us a huge effort to convince everyone in headquarters uh, because as you know it's it's a huge effort to bring those two cars the whole team uh, to this race we are happy to be here it's it's a great start for us into the year uh, of course when you go into a competition you want to win that's our general idea we finished uh, this practice session today, the qualifying, in a way we didn't expect it uh, already. Um, and uh, so now we're looking forward, of course, to tomorrow. And as I said, we were really, really uh, impressed that this was coming from the drivers uh, to donate their uh, money. And, yeah, and it's, maybe it's also another signal uh, to this. And will, if you, will, will, the, will the R8 LMSs uh, remain in the country? Will they go back to the Europe to race in GT3? These cars uh, will go back, but uh, as John has said, uh, this uh, car from Mark Eddy, the LMS, this car will stay, and we already have two other orders coming from private uh, teams who have ordered an R8 LMS uh, into their team, uh, which is also an interesting uh, success because that's also our idea that we come with this car uh, into, let's say, private teams uh, and achieves a form of wider success. Uh, yesterday we have mentioned to our customer, because it's generally also a customer event, that out of this racing sport, Audi is taking a lot of ideas and experience into the uh, normal series. And if you look at the R8 or the R8 GT, which is uh, downstairs, uh, this experience went into those cars. Uh, and also a normal driver now gets an idea uh, what's coming out of uh, this race experience. A few weeks ago you've shaken down the new cockpit closed version of the Audi Le Mans car, the R18 at Sebring. Tom Christensen, Frank Beeler on hand as usual, very good ambassadors. Um, interesting that you go to a closed cockpit combination. Uh, Audi, uh, sorry, Peugeot has now come up with their 90X. Um, that means that the mechanics are all going to be diving in from one side. It's uh, maybe some awkward, but, but I think perhaps uh, this is a good move. The, the rules in uh, from the ACO have changed. Favoring a closed cockpit car, and also I think the comfort of the drivers needs to be uh, needs to be thought about from an air conditioning perspective. That is an important point. You, you know that throughout the last years it was also raining uh, in this. The closed cockpit has some disadvantages, has some advantages. With the new car, which is completely new designed, it was possible also to change the cockpit. The last uh, car, the last two generations, were running on a different design, so there the closed cockpit wasn't uh, possible. Now, you're right, in this new car there's a climate system, which means extra weight, but we were able to compensate this extra weight uh, through this new construction. Uh, 
and I think looking at 24 hours, maybe it's not this hot as it is here, but it's still a challenge and I've been quite often at Le Mans, uh, and uh, so it makes it a little bit more pleasant uh, for the driver, but there's another advantage, the uh, air resistance of this car, so CV uh, volume is better uh, with, with this. So we will see uh, how this uh, is running. Um, I think beside design, reliability is a strong uh, point on endurance races. It would be uh, really important for tomorrow, or will be really important for tomorrow, and it's important for Le Mans. So therefore, uh, we are really looking forward to this new design. And we were last year really successful. So we I'm looking forward to seeing it uh, when you debut it at Spa at the 1,000-kilometer uh, Le Mans Series race in, in May. I'll be there as I am every year. I've now done five uh, Le Mans 24 hours with various teams. So sort of I looking forward to this, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit offline. Well, it was a nice little chat with the boss of uh, Audi here uh, in Australia. But, uh, you know, like, you know, there are bosses and then there's bosses. And this is the boss of, of data. They call him a DAG, a data acquisition guy. Is Pat Cahill. Mate, you're in charge of uh, making sure that the Marinello car runs uh, properly today. What, 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 is, what, is a, what does a DAG do? We try to look busy most of the day is the essential game, name of the game, you know. But on top of that, we do actually look at a few things. Temperature here is a bit nasty, as you can imagine. Lots of schwitzing and chafing going on, but a lot of it is just keeping the thing healthy, making sure the drivers are happy, looking at the dynamics of the thing, making sure it's handling, and like I said, making it look, look like we're doing something. So VA Supercars, they have telemetry, so the data's coming back to you yeah. uh, in real time. Here you don't have that. No. So um, how do you manage um, what's going on with the car once the race has started? you really got to do your homework before the race starts, because once the race starts, you're in damage control mode if something goes wrong. So we, not being able to rely on telemetry to tell us if something's going wrong, we have to make sure everything's right before we go into. We've been having temperature issues with this for instance, we think we've fixed them all now. What we do in the race, if we have a big issue, we can download during the race and look at the data, but it takes a lot of time and you've got to sort of ask yourself the question whether banding telemetry is really a, really a saving, cost-saving benefit. So uh, basically when a, when a pit stop comes up, somewhere you, you'll come along and you plug the laptop in yep. the side, you can actually suck that data down, yep. what's gone down in that in that time frame, then you'll overlay it and look at it and go, hang on, make some calls on that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, It all runs over Ethernet, so it's faster than your big pong connection. It comes straight back into that. <laughs> wouldn't be hard. Oh, oh, you had to get that in. Wow. Hey, not sponsored by. No, not sponsored by. Well, it's to fail. Yeah. <laughs> so I can have a look at it real quick and try and figure out what's going wrong. Yeah. So, tell us a bit about the sensors that we got We got here on the... Um, let's move around even though we're, we'll walk around and we'll just see... We'll the the metaphorical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, to tell us about the sensors that they got on the go. Where are you getting data from? A lot of it is actually from the original Ferrari CAN bus, the powertrain CAN bus. So everything that the computers see, and there's quite a few in this car, we can read. So the gearbox computer, the two engine ECUs, the ABS module, we can actually read all the signals coming through, all that sort of stuff. We'll oh, see I'll take a photo of it. Next, and then on top of that, we've added a lot of chassis dynamic stuff. So we've got your rate sensor, which tells us how far the, fast the car's pivoting. We've got suspension displacement sensors on, it, on all four wheels, accelerometers. That tells us how the car's actually handling. That's above and beyond what the Ferrari would normally have. But strangely enough, not 
much that we've added. Most of it's already there. But these are these are mathematical, yes. I, I think, equations, aren't they? You know, you, your sensor on its own doesn't really tell you anything. No. It, that in conjunction with other things. So, so you need to be a bit of a scientist to be able to interpret it. Yeah, yeah there's a bit of propeller head going on. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're, 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 you're getting a bit of a scientist hairdo. <laughs> I know. I, I was trying to tame it up for you today, John. It didn't fuck all the way up. In Australia, mate, you look after the Magneti Morelli brand, and anyone who's uh, had anything to do with Ferrari over the years, I mean, it's it's synonymous. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great brand. There are other brands in the marketplace, I suppose, are uh, uh, Zytec, uh, Bosch, yep. um, and, and uh, uh, Motec, I suppose. Uh, mm, are, yeah. uh, everyone's sure. different. Sure. Um, why is Magneti Morelli a cool thing? Why does it work well? I mean, it's obviously it's what you know. But probably where most of the technology comes from is, is the trust they've got with the big manufacturers. So they get to basically use them as, as really big R&D projects. So when you've got, you know, customers like Renault F1 and Ducati Corsa, you can do an awful, you get to do a lot of R&D, you know, yeah, right. sort of things. So at, the, I think at one stage, they had eight out of 13 F1 teams on the grid. They supplied all the data acquisition and telemetry products for. So when you've got that sort of market coverage in the big game, and the stuff filters down to it, to us normal human beings, which is nice as well. They do pass a bit of it on, so we get to see that. So back in F1, in F1 land, like, what goes on there? So there's a lot of telemetry coming back. Yep. So um, is it actually then being sent back to off the racetrack for analysis? I mean, do they, is, is there like a NASA <laughs> yeah. like, like that each team has away from the rack? You know, does, does the McLaren Center, are they getting data coming back on a really high-speed connection and they're, they're making calls? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And, and, and at some stages too, these days they even use seven-post shaker rigs, so I'll take the track data from a run that's been done that that, that day, um, run it in the factory overnight and come back with a bunch of answers from the next morning. So the seven-post shaker rig shakes a, another car that's set up on the on the rig. It shakes it as if it's been running around the track. So it just takes the data that has actually yeah. happened on the track. And they can and bounce the car as if it's really been hitting bumps. Okay, well. And someone can start changing springs and see what works. And then they send that back in the morning and say, try that. So I knew there was a four-post rig there. How does the seven-post Seven-post rig is a, there's a pad under each wheel. And then you've got three... Rams, one at the front, one in the centre and one at the rear, and they simulate aero loads. So they pull the car down as if it's being really displaced in terms of actually being sucked down to the track in terms of aerodynamics. It's especially important when you've got things like bump robbers to deal with. On road cars, apparently, there's a port called an OB. OBE port. Yeah, yeah. What can it tell me? Because I just bought one of these little Focus RSs. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if I want to know any more. <laughs> I'm sort of busy trying to drive the thing, but... Um, Suddenly, there's you know where you know, technology's yeah. emerging the, the motor racing industry. And this is what this show's all about. I've seen one for Palm Pilot. It's great. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's and, yeah. Griffin have got one yeah. that we talked about earlier in the show. Yep. Uh, the Jez was on it, um, and uh, it comes up with all this data on the iPhone. Yep. I mean, I don't know if I want to mess with it. Yeah, but um, it's a great diagnostic tool. I mean, that's where it's going, and that was the whole idea of OBD. It's, it's, a, it's an industry what standard. What's the standard? Uh, oh, you go, onboard diagnostics, and there was an OBD in there. Good <laughs> he doesn't know really. Who, oh, no, it's made that up, really. no, it's, okay. it's basically a slower version of what I, I mentioned before with what we read out of the Ferrari, for instance, in the, on the powertrain CAN bus. The OBD port is just a slightly slower industry standard. And version. speaking of the CAN bus, have you been up to the cafe upstairs? Really? Oh. You've got, to have a, you've got to go up there. You're going to get five cougars every oh, time. They sent me to the wrong cafe. They sent me to the one oh. down near bloody Michelin. All I got was so a bunch you, of silly So you heard about it. it. No, no, you're going to go and have a look. Five cougars. Yes, Fifteen cougars, actually. Fifteen cougars. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to Mark Duggan's Irish bar last night for nearly electrocuting well, us as well. Staying. We were staying there. Were you really? We were staying. And well, the power went out. electricity went out. <laughs> yeah, did you see how? Yeah, the power cable went out. We, we, we were at the back. It nearly got us. Actually, you know, we came back and we heard about that. And they said, oh, these guys with these red barrages. I mean, 
it's got to be the Brown Mellow dude. Because we, we went out for dinner somewhere else in the yeah, organ. Okay. And then we came back, we stayed upstairs, and then there's the power came and said, oh, yeah, yeah power came. They, ca- they carried on, like normal. <laughs> that was exciting. Yeah. And the beer got warm. Yeah, that'd be right. I was still uh, cooking by a flashlight. So, so um, what do you got to do tonight? Because uh, it's, uh, it's, it's 6 o'clock. Pretty much um, so checks. We've got some, uh, we've done some fluid changes, done all we need there. The boys are just finishing off some uh, last bolt check on the car, and we're ready to get a real early night because we've got a real early start. Yeah, you do. What time do you reckon you guys are going to be here? It's sin- sinful to be up before the sun, but we're going to be here at like uh, before five in the morning. Uh, I noticed JB said he's going to get in for the cool run. Oh, that's all right. Tim- Timbo reckons he's not getting out of bed till seven, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate. Good luck. We'll see you in the morning. Thanks, John. Cheers. Well, there you go. This inside story, the rubbish as usual. You know, Pat, ignore everything Pat said, and um, we'll see him in the morning. Now, where's that? Uh, where's that other porcupine? Uh, he, he, uh, we're going to have a bit of a look up here at the um, at the R8 now that it's uh, it's come outside. It's uh, it's a bit of distant to have a look. Bit of a wind blow there. This is the uh, the black Audi top service car. Really good. I'm interested to know whether it's actually got a vinyl wrap on it or it's just painted in in, in sort of a gunmetal. They're going to do some fuel tests, so we'll just just keep away from it for a sec. Hard to know. We'll have to ask the uh, the MD. Oh, there's a Jez. Jez, is this a uh, is it a is this a, is it a wrap? Have you have you de- have you determined whether it's a vinyl wrap or not? Well, I'm not sure if I let me have a pick at it. I'll be able to tell you straight <laughs> away. But it actually looks more like carbon fiber on the bottom with a wrap over the top. I'm just uh, mate. I, I'm. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna do a shot. Huh? You're, you're gonna do a shot. At it? Well, it's, it's hard to, it's uh, you know, we've done this before, but we're usually doing it with the R R15 Plus over in uh, Le Mans series, so it's it's unusual to see the Audis in this part of the world, but it's really good to see. They are exciting to see, absolutely. You know, we don't usually see them over here, so, and they are a very impressive car. When you're up in front of them, they're not just something running around. One of the Audi guys yeah. will know. We just quickly ask, just. Just a, just a quick question. Does the are you is the paintwork are you is it a vinyl wrap or is it uh, gunmetal? You, you wrap it in a, a vinyl plastic. Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. Okay. We'll let you do your pit t- pit test. All right. Thanks. No, no, I definitely just had a uh, bit of a feel there. There's a couple of air bubbles in it, so um, yeah, definitely right, wrap. So, anyway, just a bit of sound coming up, boys. Uh, Get the sounds of a R8 Le Mans GT3 pit stop test. You'd think they'd have worked it out by now, you know, like, you know, how do you do a piss off? There's more Germans arguing about this than you can believe it. I mean, like, hello, you've done it before. Come on, clean the windscreen, get the tires out. Okay, fuel guys coming out. 
it's a dry brake setup. I'm ready. Guys, ready? Uh, so the wheel guy's gone out to try to do the wheels before the fuel guy's gone because that's a no-no, you can't be doing that. You've got to do fuel, then wheels, or vice versa, you can't do the two together because they're not protected. I think they would have known no suits. No suits. Windscreen cleaning. Uh, we forgot to put the air on, so oh. the jacks are going up. Yeah. Suddenly, uh, Audi Top Service is looking a little bit ordinary here. I mean, what's going on, guys? <laughs> if you do this tomorrow, there's going to be some trouble. And there'll be a lunch for everybody. It's going to destroy my knees, you know that, don't you? It's going to break. Standby, viewers. <laughs> when you're ready, Addy. Shut up. <coughs> Fuel's going in. It's not actually a true driver because they should be having the drivers here. So, look, we might move on. Um, I don't think they're actually going to get this shit together properly. They're going to be practicing for hours. Good luck with that. Let's cruise down pit lane and just have a look and see what's going on. Okay, there's another okay. We've got an Evo 10 doing a driver swap out because uh, they're in shorts though, so that's a bit illegal. But nonetheless, that's just what they need to be doing. Down past our uh, Marinello guys. I was a bit surpri surprised with that. It's like they didn't actually have a clue what was going on. 
Jeez, well, I think it's time to wrap this up. Uh, episode 171. Um, uh, dinner last night. Marigold, Chinese boy. We Linda. didn't get any love, no. Linda. No love for Linda. What's the matter with these people? You go ask for no salt. Can I have a little bit of salt? And you get a vat of salt. Everything was salty in Bathurst. Oh. Bathurst is like a seaside town at the moment. Bacon salty? Mm. Your lemon salty? <laughs> Who knows where we'll be care. tonight. But uh, we'll tell you tomorrow when we resume with episode 171A. Ciao for now. Thank you, viewers. And good night. And good night.